Happy Tuesday, everyone. I hope you all are doing well. Hope you can hear me fine because it is storming here in Charleston, South Carolina, where I'm at right now. And I, I just, I can hear it all coming through the windows, but I'm going to continue on anyway. Um, welcome to the Reach and Teach podcast. I am Victoria Baxter, Christian life coach with New Thing Life Coaching. I'm also an author, minister, and speaker um, with uh, the JAL Ministry. You can learn more at www.thejalministry.com. Figure it's time for a little bit of Bible study, if you don't mind. So grab those Bibles and let's get it. Um, And Reach Online Church that, you know, many of you tune in for the messages there. And of course, there's the YouTube channel um, along with the group on Facebook. But we've been in a series called Polishing the Armor. And, you know, of course, that comes from, you know, Ephesians 6. It talks about putting on the full armor of God every day. And, you know, I wrote an ebook a couple of years ago called Polishing the Armor. And it's based on spiritual warfare, you know, signs of a spiritual attack, why the enemy attacks. And, of course, what we're supposed to do when he does attack, like when there's some spiritual warfare going on. So, you know, I wrote that book when I was in my own, you know, rough season, not even realizing what was going on. But you can find that at the JALministry.com as well, you know, there in the shop. So looking at polishing the armor, um, you know, again, based off of Ephesians 6, and I want to read a passage really quickly. Ephesians 6, I want to go down to uh, verses 12 through 18, since we're just going to talk about it all, okay? And it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We are to put on the full armor every day. And what we looked at um, in the last message via Reach Online Church was supported faith. And of course, what we were looking at is the belt of truth and the shield of faith, right? So a shield is what protects something and a belt is what holds something up. So when I was talking about, you know, the belt of truth, that is what provides support. That is what's going to also help support our faith. Now, what is the truth? At the end of the day, the truth is the God that we serve, right? We believe in God, you know, who is the three in one, you know, God, the Father, Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is what we believe and we have to protect our faith. And we know that we must do this because Hebrews says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. More specifically, let me go to Hebrews 11.6. Go with me to Hebrews 11.6. And what it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Says that in order to 
please God, because we're always, you know, thinking about how to please God, how to earn this or do that. We don't have to do any of that. We just need to believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and sincerely and diligently seek him. And even when I think about seeking him, it makes me think of Matthew 6, That has been coming to me a lot. Seek first the kingdom of God, live righteously, and you will receive all that you need. Like all of those things will be added unto you. So the key is for us to seek him and believe in him. But it's easy to get caught up in what we need and what we want. And we're trusting God for this. And that's fine. But don't get away from, you know, praising him just because. So what happens though when you start to doubt? When, what happens when you struggle maybe with believing God or believing in God, right? What happens when when maybe your faith wavers just a little bit, you know, because God doesn't answer that prayer for you, but maybe he did for someone else. What happens when you prayed over a loved one and he didn't save them? What happens when he doesn't regret, you know, when he doesn't grant that request, then when you think about it, what happens when sometimes, when sometimes you question God in general, because you just, you simply don't understand. You don't understand him. You don't understand his ways. Like you don't understand how he came to be. Like what happens with all of these things? That's what I want to talk about for just a few moments today um, for this study. Of course, let me, let me say a prayer. Okay. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you, of course, for this day. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for your word. Lord God, I'm honored to uh, to be here in your presence. And I know that you are in the midst. And even yet and still, I want to say, as always, come Holy Spirit, you are invited in this place. I want you to come in and flood the atmosphere right now as I teach this lesson, as I teach your word, Lord God. It is yours that I just simply have access to and something that I want to be able to not just access it, but to feel it, to embrace it, to allow it to do what it was actually set forth to do. We know that it is powerful. We know that it is a double-edged sword. We know that it can, you know, it has the ability to do so many different things, Lord God. Your word is rich. So thank you for even allowing me to use it to reach and teach your children, Lord. I pray that over these next few moments, you would decrease me, increase you. This moment is about you, Lord God. We are here because we just want to be in your presence. We want to experience you. And I pray that everyone who is listening right now, I pray that you would speak to them. Pray that you would open their ears, open their hearts, open their minds so that they can receive this message. This is my prayer in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I figure with this series that we're going to do right now, um, PTA, fully loaded, right? That's polishing the armor, fully loaded. It's going to be us looking deeper into the scripture and into the word in order to get some answers. This is Bible study after all, right? And here's what I do. Now, I know that sometimes we we question God, right? Um, I don't know about you all. I, I think I've pretty much spoken about this before, I'm sure, at least in a message inside of Reach. But I don't know about you all. I don't know about the way that you were raised. I don't know how you grew up. But, you know, we were raised and taught and told that you you just don't question God. That's just one of those things you don't know. Like you just nope. you never question God, baby. And whatever the good Lord says. And it's like, that's something that a lot of times, you know, a lot of us, we, we grew up believing that. But of course, now it's like, who said that? Like, where did that come from? And why not? Like, if we don't question, how are we supposed to get answers, right? 
Now, it's obviously keeping in mind, you can question God all you want. Now, you might not like the answer that he gives, right? And then it's also knowing that he might not answer at all. But at the end of the day, you can question, right? Like James 1, 5, go there with me. And I know I use this scripture a lot. I had already skipped to Job. I'll come back to Job after I go to James 1, 5. But James uh, 1, 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But let me go to verse six. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Verse seven, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because verse eight, such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So that is such a rich passage because it's saying, hey, anytime you're lacking wisdom, anytime you don't understand, ask. Like all you have to do is ask God. It says that he generously gives wisdom to those who ask without even finding fault. But it says, but when you ask, you have to believe and not doubt. Because if you doubt, you're like a wave of the sea, like you're blown and tossed, you're unstable. And it says that person, you should not expect to receive anything from God because you were double-minded and you were unstable. And that is a person that cannot be trusted, but it's showing here that you absolutely can ask. You know, so there are times that we, we question God. I don't know what that might look like for you. Sometimes people question um, his existence. There are times that people question his method. There are times that we might question, you know, the totality and the overall essence of his being. Because like, let's face it, there are things that happen that we just don't understand, you know, whether it's presently in our lives. And then there are times that, you know, we might read something in the Bible that we don't understand. And maybe even just, you know, you get caught up in his presence and in the, you know, the, the awe and the wonders of him. And it's like, I just don't understand how God exists. I don't understand the 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 intricacies of him, like so many things that we don't get. Job 32, go with me to Job 32. I was looking at verses seven and eight as I was preparing for this study. Job 32, seven through eight, it says, I thought age should speak. Advanced years should teach wisdom, but it is the spirit in a person the breath of the almighty that gives them understanding it says age should speak he said i thought that age should speak and advanced years should teach wisdom but the word says it is the spirit or it is you know the the spirit of course in a person the breath of the almighty god the holy spirit that gives them understanding so i read this scripture and i'm reminded you know, it doesn't have anything to do with, with age. It doesn't matter how advanced you are, anything like that, because James 1, 5 already says that we can ask for wisdom, but it says it is the spirit, is the, the spirit that is within us. It is the breath of God. It is, you know, God himself that actually gives us understanding. He is the one who reveals things to us. He is the one who relays things to us. It is he that helps us understand, and it can be, difficult sometimes when you're going through something and you're you're trying to figure out okay but god but why did you but why did you know well god why didn't you 
And it's like, sometimes you can just sit there in his presence and you can ask those questions. You know, I don't know if you're aware, but God can handle your questions. God can handle your emotions. He can handle your, your temper tantrums. He can handle so many different things. I had a conversation with a friend the other day and she was, you know, talking about, um, you know, just being angry with some things that she experienced. And she had a, um, her brother that committed suicide. And, you know, of course they were brought up Christian and, you know, she's still a believer, but it was interesting that, you know, she was mentioning how a lot of the times when she doesn't understand, like she goes to God and she questions him. She yells and she gets angry and she gets loud. And she's like, you know, sometimes I feel bad, but she's like, but for the most part, I don't. I was like, and you shouldn't because that is what Christianity is all about. It's not about the law and you can't do this and don't do that. No, we are supposed to fear God, but a holy fear, a holy reverence of him. And we're supposed to understand that we have that relationship where Jesus in the book of John, he says that we are his friends. So we can ask him these questions. We can go to him when we're angry, when we're dealing with certain things, when we're feeling a certain way, God can handle our emotions. He can handle all of those things. Now, again, he may or he may not respond. He may or may not respond the way that you want him to, but you can still take those things to him. And here's what I will say. I think a lot of times, even if he does not answer in that moment, he still answers because at some point when you when you earnestly seek him, and that's even going back to Hebrews, it says that he will reveal himself and he will reward those who diligently and earnestly seek him. It might not be at that time, but there is going to be a time where you're going to say, you know what, I remember a time where I was questioning God and he never answered me. And it's so crazy how weeks later, days later, months later, years later, decades later, you know, now it all makes sense. Or I didn't realize that he was going to take me through a journey where the answer was going to be revealed. Sometimes we don't know how the answer is going to come. We don't know how he is going to enlighten us. We don't know how he is going to reveal certain things. Those are the mysteries of God. I always, you know, I, I kind of cringe now when I hear people say, uh, God works in mysterious ways. I'm like, that's not biblical. Like that's a quote from somebody else. Like that's not in the Bible. But at the same time, we're not supposed to understand everything. Like, and I'm going to talk about that some more as well. Look at Job 36. Let's let's skip ahead to Job 36. And I want to look at verse uh, 26, Job 36, 26. And it says, how great is God beyond our understanding? The number of his years, it's past finding out. So we have to understand that God is literally beyond our understanding. Yes, you're going to read the Bible and you're going to learn things about him, his ways, his characteristics, the whole nine. But then it's like there are certain things that we're not going to understand. Even as it says, how great is God beyond our understanding? The number of his years, it's something you'll never know. You'll never figure out. So there are certain things that we're just not going to know. But here's what I love about the Bible, the good book. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we can take things uh, literally. Um, and, and what I mean by this is that we can read the Bible. We'll read, you know, a, a story. We'll read something um, and we, we think that it's going to apply to our lives in that exact same way. Um, you know, we were assuming that 
that is going to be the one size fits all for everyone because things happened. What we do have to keep in mind and remember is that each book in the Bible, you know, the word is it's God breath, right? Like he, he breathed the word of God. Like all of these things are from God. Um, obviously the word of God is to be followed, right? Look at Joshua 1, 8 to kind of paint what I'm saying here. Let's look at Joshua 1, 8. I use this scripture for the key scripture, um, or one of the key scriptures for kingdom launch. I do startup business coaching for people who, you know, want a program to help them get their business off the ground. So Joshua 1, 8, it says, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So it's saying, hey, always keep the word on your lips, meditate on it all the time. And then you will make sure that you do what is written in it. And that is the way for you to be prosperous and successful. So yes, the word has many things that we are to do, right? You know, it has, and it's not that it's laws and rules and regulations, but there is a way that we are to live as believers because we are set apart, right? We are set apart. We are distinguished royal priesthood, the whole nine. We don't do things the way that the world does things. So going back to, you know, sometimes you don't want to take the Bible literally because some of it, you know, a lot of it, like it's, it's telling a story. A lot of these things, it's history for us to understand. But then of course there are other things that they are, there are clear instructions and ways for us to live. And we even see, you know, when it talks about the blessings for obedience and, you know, even just the way to pray, those are instructions. So when you do what is written in it, that is how you will be prosperous and successful. So there are things that we do need to follow. Look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. I want to look at verses one through three of Psalm 119. It says, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all of their heart. They do no wrong, but they follow his ways. So again, showing us like when you, you know, when you, when you walk according to the word, you're blessed. If all that you do is blameless, you're blessed. When you keep his statutes, you're blessed. When you seek him with all of your heart, you are blessed. Let's also look at Psalm, uh, we can start all the way at the beginning. Psalm chapter one, verses one through two. Psalm one, one through two, it says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So if you don't walk in step with the wicked, you're blessed. As long as you don't stand in the way that the sinners take, you're blessed. When you don't sit in the company of mockers, you're blessed. Make sure that you delight in the word of the Lord. You're blessed. When you meditate on his word day and night, you're blessed. So these things are showing us that the word of God is to be followed. Let's also remember that each book is written at a certain time to a certain audience. 
So, of course, you know, each each book in the Bible, it's written by a certain person at a certain time to a certain group of people for a certain reason. Still, God breath, right? Like it's still something that God was with that person as they wrote it. So when I say that we we tend to take things literally when we read the Bible, it's to remember that we're to read the books and understand that there is a story that is being told. There is history. These things happened, right? The purpose and the goal is to learn about God and who he is via the word. When we read these things, we we're reading the Bible to learn his character. That's what I'm saying in essence. We're reading these things to learn his character because we can read how he does one thing in Joshua. He does something else in Numbers. He does something else in Malachi. He does something completely different in Nehemiah. He shows up in different ways, even in the Gospels. There are things that take place, you know, all throughout the word. And this is how we are learning about who he is and how he operates. But again, he shows up differently So that's why sometimes it's like, okay, well, I don't understand because God, you could have did this, but you didn't. Okay. And there were times that he did things and, you know, he did certain things in one time frame, book, chapter, whatever, but he didn't do it in another. Again, we are learning that like Isaiah 55, eight through nine said, his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Like he is, he, he thinks and he does things on a completely different level. Now it's hard because there are some things that we can't explain, huh? Like, who birthed God? Like, God, who is your mama? Like, where did you come from? (laughs) Like, I think a lot of us have maybe, you know, kind of at some point, maybe in our childhood at least. But, you know, we've had that question where it's like, God, where did you come from? But even when I think about that, I love Genesis chapter one. Genesis one, two is something that I've always been, I don't know why. I don't know what it is about this that just kind of gets my heart racing and it just, it captivates me for some reason. But when I read Genesis 1, 2, it says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Says the earth was formless. It was it was empty. Darkness was just literally over the surface. But it says, but the spirit of God, it was just he was just there just hovering over the waters. So one thing that we do know is that God is a spirit, right? We can even see that. Like when you look at John 4, 24, John 4, 24 says, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit, in the spirit and in truth. So it says he, he is a spirit. So yeah, I know sometimes it's like, okay, well, how did you get here? God, Genesis 1, 2 is the best answer that you're going to get and combine that with John 4, 24. It's like his spirit was there hovering over the waters. Now, some things that we also struggle with explaining or trying to figure out when things happen that God didn't prevent or change, we question why. I went through that when my mom died. I'm the youngest of five kids. So, you know, of course, when she ended up Uh, I guess going into cardiac arrest or or whatever, Um, you know, she had lung cancer. We knew that she had lung cancer. We knew that she was stage four, but she was leading us to believe that all was well. 
that the mass was shrinking. The doctors were pleased with the progress, all that other good stuff. She ended up in the hospital. When they discharged her from the hospital, we were assuming it's because she was getting better. Um, we had, you know, people coming to the house, people that we assumed, because as she told us and we believed her, that it was physical and occupational therapy. So of course it wasn't until after she died, about six months later that we learned that when she was actually discharged from the hospital, um, it was because they were just saying, Hey, like there is nothing else that can be done. It's time for you to go home, go get comfortable. And yeah. And that was actually hospice that was coming. That was not physical and occupational therapy. So I remember even, uh, well, thankfully I wasn't there, but when my brother, he found her, like she was just in a weird position at the bottom of the bed and he, you know, couldn't wake her up and he went to go call on my sister. You know, of course he, they got her and my sister was just like, yeah, I, I knew then that she was gone, but you know, it's, it's five of us. I couldn't make that decision on my own of, you know, what to do. And even when EMS came and my sister was like, Hey, she has other, it's not just me, do whatever you can to save her. But my sister, you know, she's always said like, I, I knew that she was gone. So of course, you know, when get to the hospital that night, no one wanted to call me. They had my father, you know, my mom and dad were already divorced. They had my dad be the one to call me. It was like, no one wanted to call Vicky. It was like, everyone was like, no, we, we know how this goes. Like, oh my God, Victoria, like, you know, I'm the youngest and I was mom's favorite. Right. <laughs> um, but I remember getting to the hospital, I was, you know, heartbroken. I was scared, but I was praying. I believe in the power of God, no matter what I believe in God. I know what God is capable of doing. I know who he was in the Bible and I know the many different things that he did then. I know the things that he's always done. I know the stories. I know what God is capable of doing. I was frustrated because it seemed like um, everyone else had pretty much kind of given up, you know, in a sense, it's like, they just knew like mom's not coming out of this. And I'm like, look, we're all believers. Where is your faith? What is going on here? I really did not understand. So I was very angry with them. And I was like, okay, look, God, God, it's just me and you. Like, apparently I'm going to have to be the one to keep the faith. I know what you can do. I know the God that I serve. So God, please, I was like begging, like, please let my faith be enough to cover everyone else, even though they all have given up. So after a couple of days and the doctors are saying, hey, she's not going to come out of this. I was like, well, what are you talking about? Yes, she will. Can we please get some praying doctors? Can we get some faith filled doctors? What is going on here? And, you know, even then them not telling us, like, did you not know your mom was dying? Like, no, we didn't know any of those. We still did not know that. OK, my mom had only told like two people that the doctors had even given her a time frame. Every single doctor, worker, nurse, no matter where she went, it was in her notes. They were all given strict orders. My children are not under any circumstances to know that I am dying. That was made perfectly clear. So even as she's on bed rest, they are still like, oh, well, yeah. And I'm just like, okay. And of course, that was like around the time, like Lamar Odom, the basketball player, he had went through whatever. And I was like, look, you know, just in increase the, 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 uh, the propofol and whatever else, and it can happen and he can come out of this. I still had faith. Needless to say, it did not happen. And I remember her passing and I was just like, okay, God, wh what is this? What are you doing here, pal? Uh, I did not want to be angry with my mom. I was like, okay, well, she 
you know, she couldn't fix it. But I was like, okay, mom, maybe if you had had a little bit more faith. And I was kind of like, okay, well, God, you could have. But I was like, mm, I'm kind of scared. I don't want to be angry with God. I saw how he kind of handled some things in the Old Testament. And that made me scared. I was like, so I didn't know what to do with my anger. And that just caused me to sometimes just shut down and hide a lot of my emotions. What do you do when things happen that God doesn't prevent or change? And you just want to know why. Because it's like, God, I know that you can. I know that you could have, but you didn't. And I think one thing I love is Romans 8, 28. Where it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We can't pick and choose which parts we want to understand or believe based off of what is going on in our lives. And we also have to keep in mind that it's never just about us. Now, yeah, God could have you know, healed my mom and brought her back. And I could have easily made it about my prayers and my faith. And even when everyone, it would have been an amazing story, but it's never just about me. You know, who knows what was going on? I mean, we, we all die. Like there's a 100% chance that you're going to die. Right. So it's not all about me. Again, all things work together and he is still God and we don't get to pick and choose. Now, what I will say is maybe about a year later, if that, I remember having a moment crying and just really having that, like, God, why? Like, God, I, I've been trying to hold back. Like, I, I, I don't know, you know, why you allowed this, that, why didn't you save her? And I was kind of going through that. And I remember even in that moment, it was like a devotional or something that came to me that pretty much answered my question that kind of had me shocked, but I and honestly, at this point, I right now, I can't even remember what it was. I'm sure it's in one of my journals. And I think I told my best friend about it, but I was also in such a fog. So, of course, this is, you know, five years later. So I don't remember what it was. Sorry if you were waiting to hear that portion of it. But now I'm curious to go back. But I remember him finally answering me. And it was like, OK, I get it. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to hurt any less. But look at Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You have to trust him from the bottom of your heart and you cannot lean on your own understanding because like Job was even saying, we have to understand that God is beyond our understanding. His ways and what he does is beyond our understanding. In all of our ways, we must submit to him. That's just that at the end of the day. And even as I mentioned earlier, you know, I kind of briefly threw it out there, but Isaiah 55, eight through nine, for my ways, I'm sorry, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Our job at the end of the day is to understand this. And our job is to trust in him with all of our heart and to lean not in our own understanding. This is our job. So, yeah, there are some things that you're just not going to be able to explain. Kind of sucks, huh? (laughs) 
but a scripture that helps also look at Romans 11:33. Romans 11:33. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out says the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God says his judgments unsearchable paths beyond even being able to trace. There are certain things we just won't grasp. Something to remember is that we can't know him fully. It's not our place or our job because then we can get a little too familiar we'll start treating him like he's common and we know that he's not. When we get too comfortable, we'll end up just, oh, well, I already know how God is gonna do this. I already know how that's gonna happen. We would never need him. We would never read the word. We would never pray, praise, worship, none of those things. We're ordinary. He's extraordinary. We are natural. God is supernatural. So we can't know him fully, but we can pray and we can ask for wisdom. We can ask for clarity. We can ask for insight. And then it's keeping in mind that intimacy at the end of the day, he searches us and knows our hearts. And we can also ask, hey, God, reveal your heart to me. Hey, God, I want a heart like yours. Like we can ask that he give us a heart like his. And I've prayed that prayer. And then sometimes you will find yourself showing compassion, having empathy, doing something. It's like, well, I don't even know like where that came from or why I was led to share this or do that or help with this. It's because that is the spirit of God moving inside of you. And you asked to know his heart. You asked that he would give you a heart like his. And now here you are acting like God. The best way to know God is to read the word of God because his character is revealed in many ways. And we see that he handles one and some things one way and then can go a completely different direction with another or in a separate instance. And I feel like this is further proof that we can't and shouldn't get too comfortable. We, we can't and shouldn't get too comfortable. The goal is to get to know him for yourself at the end of the day. Not what I tell you, not what Facebook tells you, not what YouTube or your favorite inspirational page on Instagram, not even your pastor. Get to know him for yourself, not based off of what any of those things or people tell you. All of these are great supplements, 100%. They're great, they're awesome. It's nice to listen to inspirational messages and podcasts and, you know, the pastor and to go to church and all of those things. They're all awesome. Worship music, awesome. But until you read on your own, you won't know. Even 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved. 2 Timothy 2.15, the NIV says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of God. That is my message for you today because I want you to have faith in the truth, okay? 
Listen, if there's a way that I can pray for you, you can visit the website, www.thejalministry.com. You'll even see prayer up at the top. I would be more than honored to pray for you. Send it all over, you know, whatever. If there's a question, if you're struggling with something in your life, whether it's your beliefs, whether it's whatever, send over that prayer request and we will pray for and with you, okay? And you can also, while on the website, you can check out the uh, social media platforms. You can subscribe, sew into the ministry, read the blog. You can shop, browse, many different things that you are able to do. But God bless you and make sure that you keep on having faith in the truth, all right? Happy Tuesday and I'll talk to you all later. Bye.